This is Revisiting Haven. Hey Havenites, uh, this is Amy J with Amy S. Hello. And we are, with us today is uh, Nick Parker, Haven writer and Haven fan and author of the comic book for season three and four. So say hi, Nick. Hey everybody. Thanks for having me, guys. Uh, thank you uh, for willingly uh, staying after work to talk to us about this. This is great. Uh, yes, we appreciate it. Of course, please. I, uh, I love doing these kind of things. <laughs> you guys are the best fans, and so it, it, you know, totally worth it. So we actually lucked out because we got the season four DVDs last week, I think. We got these dance copies, nice. Yeah, so it, it was really lucky for us, at least those in the States, to get that. And so your season four comic, just as great as your season three comic. Thank you very much. That's sweet of you to say. Um, we had some really, really great people working on these together. Uh, Roger Robinson did incredible, incredible artwork for this one. Um, I really loved working with him. And, um, you know, the people that pulled it together for over at E1, uh, Wally Schmidt is kind of the guy who, the, the comic was his idea from the get-go, both season three and four. Um, and so he kind of spearheaded that. And, uh, really sold it as an added value for the DVDs, and uh, really everyone got on board, and it was great. And so, you know, Deborah Curtis over at E1 and Ryan Nichols, everyone, they're, you know, all listed kind of in the credits page, all did uh, incredible work just bringing this thing together. And, I mean, they really do it just uh, for the fans, just because uh, it's, it's, it's a nice place to tell uh, an additional story. Well, it's interesting because you um, have been Haven with with Haven for a while. You script yeah, coordinator. Right. We're in season three, yeah. Right, script coordinator. Uh, yep. Then you did the season three comic book. Yeah. Then you did Shot in the Dark. Yeah. And you did the season four comic book, and then you have episodes in season five. You have tracked my entire uh, career as a. <laughs> <laughs> well done. You know, it took a lot of research, but. Well, you know, it, it's it's funny whenever people like you know ask what I do or whatever. My mom is trying to figure out what I do. I'm just gonna have her call you next time so you can just lay it out that way. Fair that enough. Yeah. Clean and uh, concise. That's great. Well, it kind of makes it seem like it's been forever, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's funny those uh, those. It's now my third season, and that time has gone by really uh, quite fast. But I get that. I guess that's what happens whenever you're uh, working hard and enjoying what you're doing. You know. Yes, it's always fun. The time just kind of flies when that exactly. happens. So. Going from script coordinator to comic book writer, yes. I mean, how did that come about? Did, did you all take polls and well, you got I, the short uh, straw? I, I uh, actually got my um, MFA in creative writing uh, from the University of Alabama, and while I was there, my like big you know master's thesis that I put together was a, uh, a graphic novel that I wrote and illustrated myself. Um, so thankfully for everyone, I did not have to illustrate the <laughs> Haven comic books because it would have been a completely different thing. Like Nathan's face would have looked like it was melting or something. I'm not. I'm nowhere close to the illustrator that I need to do. I uh, need to be to do it professionally. Um, but because I've worked in that format before, um, you know, everyone kind of latched on the idea of uh, me doing it. It was a great writing opportunity, and I kind of used it as a, in a way, as an audition for. Um, for writing an episode, and thankfully, uh, they thought it did a good job, so. Well, it helps that, uh, it was a great season three comic, and they brought you back for the fourth one. Yep, yep, yep. Um, what was fun about, uh, the fourth one is, in the, in the time between when we did the season three and the season 
for comic is uh, E1 actually partnered up with uh, IDW, which is you know uh, one of the biggest um, publishers around, and so we were really able to tap into their um, their stable of great editors and artists and colorists and everything else, and uh, so I feel like it really shows in the uh, season four comic. It just everything came together nicely. It was it was exciting. It does. It's an awesome product, and I love how it really does give us backstory, and it really does add to uh, what's happening in the show and with all the characters. Yeah, I mean, it was it was a it was a fun thing being able to go back um, that far. You know, for the season three comic book, we uh, knew that we were doing a six month time jump in between season three and season four, and we were kind of left hanging with what was going to happen um, after the barn imploded and disappeared. Um, so it was. We, we kind of knew that we had that open window of six months where we could kind of tell the story of Haven at that time. Um, between season four and season five, a little bit of a spoiler alert, although you're going to see the episode in, what, about a, nine days now? Yeah. Well, yeah. September 11th, everybody watch live. Um, the, the, there's going to be a pretty much direct pickup, you know, um, and a lot of stuff happened down in that cave. So... There really wasn't room to uh, tell a completely different story, like picking up right then. So um, I was excited when everyone kind of latched onto the idea of going back fully uh, to the very beginning and telling the story of Mar and William and their first time in Haven and kind of the uh, the genesis of everything that's happened there. Yeah, very cool. So now, now that you've written the comic, does and you've you know spent time on. This, does that affect how uh, many scripts you'll be able to write for uh, this season 5A and 5B? Uh, no, the comic book, uh, well, both the uh, curse and blessing of the comic book, I guess, is that it's uh, all kind of like extra stuff. Um, so uh, I, I just kind of worked um, independently on that uh, in, my, in my little bit of spare time that I have and um, developed the ideas uh, there. So I wasn't, uh, Luckily, didn't pull me away too much from uh, the room itself and writing the scripts. Um, so I'll, I'll still be writing uh, plenty of scripts. I'm d- deep in one right now. Awesome! Oh, we're happy to hear that. Uh, I'm, I'm happy to hear it. It's uh, it's, it's it's nice. I, I I like writing. So otherwise, I'd just be sitting around on my thumbs, you know. Well, you mentioned earlier that season three comic book was kind of like an audition for you for season three writing. Yeah, and, uh, for the season four, yeah. Season we, four, I yeah. actually wrote the season three comic book while we were in the writer's room for season four. Oh, so you did have to juggle there, huh? Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. So you were saying about how you wrote and it was an edition, and it felt like the comic book was a mini-episode. Season three kind of felt that way, and the season four comic was you're left with so many more questions, and, and you get some answers, but so many more questions... Does your approach to writing that comic book, especially knowing you can only say so much and there are things you want to do and things you can't say, is your approach different? Uh, different from writing an episode? Yes. Uh, absolutely. I mean, the, I think just by a function of writing in a different medium, mm-hmm. uh, it's always uh, an interesting kind of transition. And what I like about switching between those different things is you can kind of tell different stories uh, in different ways and try and find the best way to tell that individual story. Um, so a lot of, I mean, part of the freedom of writing the comic book and setting it back in, you know, the late 15th century is that we could do crazy period garb. We could have a crazy trouble that knocks down a bunch of houses and uproots trees and, you know, incinerates people, things that we couldn't 
practically produce um, for the for the TV show itself. You know, all of the period costumes and everything that all costs money. Having a bunch of like 15th century huts, well, that's that's something that they, you know they would have to build and everything. So that all becomes uh, restrictive in a, in a production way. So I liked that I was able to kind of go nuts and do things that we couldn't um, really ever show on screen just for a variety of uh, restrictions. So that, that was a lot of fun. And I also got to do that a little bit in season three, or the season three comic book, whenever they were talking about all the you know troubles that are going off all around town because of the meteor storm, and then there was just like crazy stuff that you could never show on the screen. That's, that's what's fun about that, and I like that freedom. So, Nick, I'll ask you, since you're kind of one of the Haven historians along with Brian, would you say that the fans need to read the comic before actually watching season five? I'm sorry, I kind of uh, you kind of dropped out a little bit there. Would you say that the fans need to read the comic before watching season five? Because we know you're one of, like, the Haven historians. So what's your take on where the comic played? Uh, I mean, it's always, it's, always kinda, oh, it's, it's always kind of nice to have um, that uh, added knowledge and um I guess added value of what's going on. Uh, we always wanted to kind of picture it as non uh, non necessary, though still canonical, which is a tough line to kind of uh, walk where you're still playing directly into the storyline of the show, and you want for everything to fit with the you know fit with the rules and the canon that's been established on the show. So it's not like, let's say, just to pick a random example, um, like Star Wars, the expanded universe. You know, there's a bunch of stuff in the Star Wars expanding universe that doesn't fit in with the timelines of the storylines of the, the films themselves. And that's that's all fine because they say it's like different. But you know, we're we're only doing a couple of these these comic books, you know, one a year. So we wanted it to still be canonical, but not something that people have to see in order to enjoy the show or know everything that's going on in the show. So it is uh, non required reading, but um, I mean I personally what I liked about doing the comic book is that it got it, it, it does tell a story that you're not going to get to see otherwise, which... Uh, right, was... yeah. It answers a lot of questions that um, I think a lot of us fans had. I mean, it answered a lot, a lot of questions about Mark or at the start of the Troubles and, um, you know, what really happened back Yeah, I kind of got to go, uh, go go pretty deep into, like, the uh, the story of the the barn and the first time there and everything. And, um, you know, I think it's been, it's been revealed in a lot of the previews for this upcoming season, but... Um, Mara will be pan- playing a critical role in uh, season five, and so just getting to preview her ever so briefly, and uh, for the few people that might read the comic book, was was a lot of fun. Very nice. So, Nick, one of the things um, you mentioned was that you had an MFA in creative yeah. writing. So, does this mean that uh, after Haven, fans can look for you at the local uh, comic book store? <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I, I doubt it. Hopefully, uh, after Haven, um, I will be able to find another uh, TV writing job uh, ASAP so they can be looking for me on their um, TV guide. That's that's the goal. But the nice thing about um, comics is I, I hopefully I can still, um, you know, write these uh, in between shows or, you know, whenever. I really, really love the medium. I grew up as a, you know, big comic book fan. And... Um, that was, you know, that was important to me. Cool. Well, I wanted to ask you, Nick, about Athene, because I have to confess, I had really never heard of it, and we know it's in the book that Mara wants, in the comic book, Mara wants to use it to travel far away, and we've also heard that Mara's looking for it in 501, 
Yep. So you can can you just give us a little bit about what that means in general, absolutely. what it means in sci-fi? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, the thinny is kind of a, um, a a term we borrowed from the Stephen King uh, universe, um, which is it's a thin spot between worlds, and um, whenever you're whenever people are closer, and certain people are drawn to it and things like that, it, it played a big role in um, like the Talisman and uh, Black House and um, all, all the Dark Tower series. Um, and as, you know, just Stephen King fans, um, the idea of the thinny itself was always really interesting to us. So uh, that's probably about all I can say about thinnies because you'll learn a lot about them in season five and our okay. characters are talking about them a good amount. Um, okay. Now, yeah. was, was it a thinny when, um, when Audrey or Lexi slash Audrey came out of the barn back into Haven that we just saw? Was that crossing over a thinny or was that a thinny in that? Oh, back through there? Uh, that was, um, that was the void. I can say that much. I'll tell you that much. That was the okay. void that, that we saw, um, in between the door in the bar that Lexi yeah. was in and the door where Nathan yes. was training for in the field. That, so she had to cross over a very scary place called the void, which is also the, you know, we also saw the void at the bottom of, in, inside that cave and uh, on the other side of that door. Okay, so end. so those okay, were voids. It. They can't be characterized as thinnies? The what? Sorry? Can they be also categorized as thinnies? Oh, the void? Mm-hmm. Uh, the void is a uh, kind of a larger entity. It's kind of the, uh, I don't want to give too much away. Fair but, enough. Uh, Fair enough. It is, it is the, <laughs> uh, I'll say that it is kind of the space between worlds. Okay, so... Um, and okay. that's where I'll have to. <laughs> it's always fun to see how much you guys can give, and at what point you're like, "Yep, that's it. I'm at the wall." I, I think I've I think I've hit the wall. Yeah, um, Finney's and Void and all that will be um, very important in the upcoming season. So um, fair enough. So worry. so pay I, attention. If, if you have those questions. Um, is a good thing, and, it kind of, we, and we kind of knew going into uh, writing the comic book with some of the language that we were using that, that this would probably be coming out a couple, a couple of weeks before we got into it on the show, and so right. we were hoping that it would get kind of people uh, excited and asking those questions that you're asking now, so, yay! <laughs> Success! It worked! <laughs> it worked! <laughs> well, so then, uh, that brings up a point. For those who are unable to get the DVD, for whatever mm -hmm. reason, uh, before the season airs, Will those kinds of things, like the Thinny and um, the things we learned about Howard and stuff in the comic book, will they be brought in in season four through the episodes? I mean, because you didn't write like the first episode. I think that was Matt and Gabby. Yeah, Matt and Gabby wrote it. Um, I mean, uh, the, the, the comic book, uh, like we were talking about before, is, is all canonical. So, you know, like Matt and Gab, um, they're the showrunners, they're the, you know... The, the, the gods of the show, they, they kind of create the universe in, in a lot of ways. Um, they Everything, you know, went through them and they uh, approved all the ideas and everything, everything that I, you know, uh, pitched out. So it all fits in with the stuff that we will be talking about in season five. It's all uh, of a piece, but if people can't get the DVD beforehand, they do not have to know what happens in the comic book in order to uh, enjoy or, or understand um, the stuff we dive into in season five great i think that is something that some people were concerned about so it's good to hear that they'll be okay yes 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 the uh the comic is canonical but non-required 
but fun and worth reading and available via the DVD. Just, just tell them to go and read it. Yeah. <laughs> if they're really worried about missing out on it, then they should just read the comic book. <laughs> <laughs> which is available. Which, uh, let me go ahead and say, the DVD is available at your, probably your Barnes & Noble retail-wise. Otherwise, the easiest place to find it is online. Yeah, Amazon. It's, it's online. It's also in... Um, I mean, Amazon's got it. Yes. Uh, I know... I think Walmart has a special... Don't... Uh, I, no. I'm going into stuff I don't know about, but I think there's, like, special uh, box or something that has a weird uh, holographic cover. I can't remember where that is, though. So people are just going to have to look, up, look that up. Hey, if anybody finds a holographic cover of the Haven Season 4 DVD, take a picture and share it with everyone. <laughs> I have yet to see that. Maybe maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe somebody... No, uh, I, I think I'm right. It's somewhere. It's a treasure hunt, folks. Now you just have to kind of go and find it. I feel like it was Target or Walmart. Uh, now, now I'm, like, talking about things. <laughs> now you're just saying it. It's just... Yeah. Maybe. I made it up all in my head. Okay, so now, now we have some questions which may or may not be answerable to you for the reasons of the wall, which we acknowledge and understand. I will shoot them down quickly if uh, unable to answer. Okay. <laughs> so we're looking at, at the comic book, and let me say spoilers for anyone who doesn't have the comic book or hasn't read the comic book. I'm just going to put that there. Um, Mara, she talks yeah. about success and succeeding in something and perfecting. Is it fair to say what, or is that something we find out? Yeah, because this d success is really not defined. Uh, sorry, you're breaking up a little bit. <laughs> the success is not necessarily <laughs> defined. Oh, uh, yes, um, that is correct. The success is not really well defined. Um, uh, intentionally so. Um, what we I don't think we're getting an answer here. Uh, I, I, I'll, I'll, I'll skirt around an answer like a politician. Let's see, here we go. Um, <laughs> What we have learned to this point um, on the show is that Mara and William came here a long time ago, and through the comic book also, uh, came here a long time ago and um, used those, you know, little black balls on their hands to give people troubles. Right. Um, and so they were, Mara had an ultimate goal in mind. She was, she was playing around, but uh, I think it's safe to say that she considers humans as... Um, lab rats and it wasn't just a game okay she's going for something she has a long she has a she has a bigger goal hmm huh. season five to find out <laughs> <laughs> nine days nine days less can, less than nine days guys hang in there okay so um amy do you want to ask this next one um no that's it Okay, so okay, go ahead and take it, Amy. All right, so one of the questions, or one of the things that William says to Mara is, "We've broken practically every rule." Mm -hmm. Is that just the rule of common sense? You know, don't hurt someone, that kind of thing, or the, there's specific rules that we have yet to learn about? Uh, they are. Huh. How do I answer this one? Uh, I'm testing your politician skills. <laughs> no, it's just this is this is <laughs> your political I'm, skills. I'm gonna, I gotta like run for something next. <laughs> uh, there are rules as defined by the people. <laughs> uh, 
Rules is defined by the culture and the people where, that Mara and William come from. So it's pretty clear, I think, from um, the show and the history of the show that uh, Mara and William can be considered, you know, um, humans in a way. And uh, so there are there are rules where they come from that they're breaking. Okay, so in in I'm going to just accept that answer. Okay. <laughs> was that was that too vague? No, I thought you you know what? I think that is an answer. Okay. Okay. I think that was a very good answer, especially given what you can and can't say. Yep. So, as a follow up, and and Amy, if you have a, I have one more question. Go for I it. Think I did remember. Go ahead. Um, there's a, there's a there's a panel in here where Mara is looking at Agent Howard and says you like she recognizes him. Is that how I'm supposed to interpret that? That she knows him already, or she recognizes him from something else? Uh, yes, Mara okay. recognizes Agent Howard. Sorry, I was just looking at the comic book also. Um, <laughs> yes. It's like which okay. panel? So we don't know the origins of how they met or how they know each other. Is that that correct? is that is correct. That's a uh, Oh, that's, another mystery. That's deep backstory. Okay, okay fair okay. enough. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yes, they, they, they know each other previous to this moment where they see each other on the beach. Okay. So I have a question in regards to uh, Thanks for the Memories, the conversation that Howard had with Audrey. And Audrey said, am I troubled? And Howard yes. said, no. And, you know, am I even human? And Howard said, yes. Yep. But then we have these comic books and these things that are happening and beams of light or destruction, whatever, uh, and things that are going on. You see where, where I'm going with this? I, I, I do. Human? Um, I think that Howard's answer specifically was, "You're that's just the problem. You're all too human. You're too human. And I always thought that he meant emotionally. You may be onto something there, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, the, the uh, Howard's answer in that moment was, um, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, phrasing that way for, for a reason. Yeah. Fair enough. Does Fair that enough. answer your question? Yeah, yeah it, it does. does for me. Oh, it does. It does, because uh, that was one thing Amy and I have talked about is, you know, what does Howard mean in that instance? And that clarifies it. Because that, that humanity does come up very yes. often. Yeah, and, and so I guess the, the question uh, becomes, and it, it becomes kind of an existential or, I guess, more like esoteric question of what is, what like defines humanity? Is it the, our, our cellular structure, like, where we were born, or is it the, the way we act and the things that we do? Things like that. Yes. Okay. So we, we were talking earlier about how the benefits of uh, production, there are limits of things you can't do. You know, the special effects, uh, the production, putting the garb, those kinds of things. Yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not making the Avengers every week, you know? Right. Just, right. Yeah. <laughs> but then in the comic books, there's also the limitation that you, don't, you're, you aren't able to convey everything. Mm -hmm. So I have a question, which, you know, fans, if you already know this answer, bear with me. Um, the scene where the boy is either caught in a beam. Is he caught in a beam? Is that part of his trouble or is that something that kind of happened? Which, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look it's head. after um, Edward's running. Oh, yeah. 
Edward is running. He's he's generating that beam. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. So she was like, I'm going to go nuts. I'm going to give this kid a trouble. That we'll, we'll see what happens. And um, it's kind of playing off of his uh, emotions of fear. And so that's why we kind of try to illustrate it that as he becomes more scared, the beam goes larger and becomes more destructive. Right. Um, yeah. And you can see so, that. So yeah. like other troubles. the tree fall. Which you can uh-huh. see as it comes, which is awesome. Yeah. So, yeah, so like other troubles in the show, it, it kind of uh, feeds off of people's um, emotions. That's, that's kind of the tro- where the troubles come from, in a way. That can lead to so many more questions. I, I, I'm good, because I don't want to um, analyze this thing to death. But, Amy, do you have any other questions for Nick? No, I think we're good for now. Thank you. Yeah? I mean, hey, I, Nick, this I, has I, been I, a real I, treat. Thank you, Sid. I'm sorry. I still can't hear you. I was just going to say thank you. I think my phone's dying on me here. Oh, no worries. Um, thanks so much for, uh, for wanting to talk. This was, this was nice. Um, I'm glad you were able to do it. Um, you know, with the season coming up and this comic book coming out, it was a fantastic kind of segue into the season. And to get your perception and perspective of things was great so i'm really thank you for volunteeringly of, of, accepting. Of course. I'm, I'm always happy um happy to do this kind of thing um it was it was a lot of fun to write and i'm happy to talk about it well hopefully uh, after a double it, season it, it didn't print got me excited for season five so hopefully it, fans did as well i i think it's safe to say that as soon as it came out tweets were going left and right with people's speculation i know i was speculating like heck I think Amy and I were on the phone together for like an hour just trying to figure out, yeah. like, didn't we, we went panel by panel. Yeah, we dissected <laughs> it together. <laughs> that's, that's, that's incredible. Um, that's uh, flattering and, and humbling and uh, funny as well. <laughs> well, Nick, thank you again so much for joining us to talk about the comic book. Hopefully we'll be able to get you maybe later in the season. Uh, sounds great. Love to. Okay. Well, Thanks again, and have a great night. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. This is Revisiting Haven.